Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I am so excited about episode number 56 of our podcast. I'm also thrilled to be joined by a co-host today, William Hardy. William is our 12-year-old son, is going to ask a few questions of our guest, and our guest today is Troy Castle. Troy is a solid young man, solid man of faith, loves pointing people to Jesus, loves sharing his story. He played college football for the SMU Mustangs here in the Dallas area and now works in the finance field. He's engaged to be married this next summer. I am so excited for you to hear from Troy, hear his passion, and hear his story. So without further delay, let's jump right into it. Thanks for joining me today, Troy. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You bet. So I always like to start off these with uh, just tell us a little bit about your background. A lot of listeners aren't familiar with you. So um, tell us a little bit about your family. I know the first time we talked, you talked about you moved around a lot. So yep. talk, about, talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I was born in uh, the San Francisco area of California. Uh, that's where my parents' professional career was. Um, moved to Sun Valley, Idaho in 1996 when I was four years old. Lived there for five years until 2001. Uh, started to get real, real bad migraines at altitude. Um, and so my family packed up and moved to Gig Harbor, Washington, little town south of Seattle, about 40 miles. Uh, so lived there from fourth grade on through high school. That was where the majority of my high school career was or that was where the majority of my childhood was. Um, and so it's, it was a great place to grow up. Loved it. Um, have an older brother and yeah. So now we're, um, we're all down here now. So my brother's in Austin. I'm here in Dallas. Uh, my, my parents are in Wimberley, Texas. So we're all relocated to Texas. Awesome. I know you did grow up in a family of fakes. I think in the conversation you mentioned, your dad was pretty involved in FCA. So talk was, about, yep. um, you know, your journey of faith. Um, you know, what point did you say, you know what, it's not my parents' faith. Yeah. You know, i got to accept Jesus. And then we'll transition into just talk a little bit about FCA. Yeah, absolutely. I did grow up in a family of faith, and that's, uh, that's always something I'm very grateful for. Um, you know, both my parents are believers, and they raised my brother and I to be rooted in our faith. Um, my dad was an elder at our church. My mom was active, involved in the ministry, you know, mentoring young, young women in our church and volunteering. Um, I first accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior when I was 10 years old in uh, July of 2002. My dad, brother, and I all got baptized together, which was a really, really cool moment. That is cool. Yeah, so we got baptized uh, in the, the Big Wood River in Ketchum, Idaho. And there's a cool picture of us coming out of the, the river together with our arms around each other. Um, but that was the, that was when I made the, the, the choice myself to be uh, to declare Christ as my Lord and Savior. Um, and at the time, I'm not sure I totally understood the significance of it. But looking right. back on it, that yeah. was a huge step for me. Um, as you mentioned, FCA was a big part of my life. My dad got involved in it uh, when we moved to Washington. I think... As my brother and I got older, he started to see how much time sports took up and didn't want to lose, um, didn't want our family to lose our faith. And so Mm. he decided to look for ways to combine the two. And so he kind of, uh, I think he landed upon the FCA, um, started to get involved in that. And he would lead weekly huddles at our house, you know, for a group of 15, 20 guys in my grade. And we would just talk about sports and how to how to use sports for the glory of God that's awesome um, and so that was a huge huge 
huge part in my uh, faith walk was just those one hours on Monday nights that my dad would spend sharing the gospel with us. That's awesome. So obviously, um, because of that, and you know, you said sports was a big part of your life. Um, what sports did you play as a kid? And then it, and when did you start? You know, this is a big question. A lot of people, this is a debate. I was watching NFL Network um, this week, and a guy from USA Football was talking about when should kids start playing football. So when yeah. did you start? Yeah, I started in fourth grade, okay. which I don't know if I would advise now. <laughs> I don't think taking those kind of, you know, just playing tackle football as a fourth grader probably is not – not too healthy for you but uh growing up i think i, I tried them all uh, when we lived in in idaho i was you know skiing and snowboarding all the time we'd get out of school at noon when we lived in, in uh, sun valley to go ski oh wow so that was pretty special um but growing up at, i started playing football in fourth grade played basketball my whole life and then played baseball up until eighth grade but then throughout high school it was just it was just uh football basketball and then i ran track to get faster for the other two so I played football and basketball all the way through, and those were my two main sports. Okay. So um, I mentioned the intro. I've got a co-host with me today. So William has a question for you. That he's all right. Ask. William. Yes. Um, so uh, can you talk about your recruiting progress? You uh, graduated high school in the state of Washington. Yeah. So why would you choose SMU? Yeah, absolutely. That's a good question, William. So um, my mom was born and raised in West Texas. Um, and so I've been coming down here my whole life and just loved Texas. Loved. Mm-hmm. I was always asked if, if we could move back down to Texas. And so from an early age, um, I wanted to, to move to Texas, and that was never part of my family's plans. And so I decided when um, that I was going to go to school here. And so after my junior year, um, you know, I got all conference and all the, the accolades. I thought that the, that my recruiting was just going to take off, and it it didn't really happen. Um, I started getting some interest from some small schools and some Ivy League schools with my grades, um, but overall it didn't take off the way I was anticipating. And so I, I thought, well, I'm just going to send my film to the schools that I want, and I mm-hmm. wanted to come back to Texas. Um, so I, my mom and I took a trip down here my junior year spring break, and we visited four schools. We visited uh, Howard Payne in Brownwood, Texas, yeah. Hardin-Simmons Hard in uh Abilene, Texas, and then TCU and SMU. And um, ultimately, I mean, SMU just felt like it was at, at home for me. Um, and so once they offered me a preferred walk-on spot, I didn't need to look anywhere else. I was just fully set on SMU. So I uh, I didn't actually like commit to SMU until after my senior year, just to see if any any other offers kind came of in or out. whatever. Yeah, I just kind of held out. Um, I, you know, I... I got one D1 offer, and it was to West Point, and that wasn't something that um, I was ready. That's a huge commitment, and it that's wasn't greater than football. That's yeah. much greater than football. It's an eight-year commitment, and I wasn't ready for it. Um, so I decided that I was going to get a um, pursue the SMU opportunity, and obviously very glad that I did. Yeah, we actually uh, Williams got some Army gear. We went to the uh, Armed Forces Bowl here. Oh yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they mm-hmm. beat beat the mess out of Houston. Yeah. So well, they, SMU played West Point the year before I got there in the Armed Forces Bowl, too. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Seeing the service academies play was, was pretty cool. In Army, they allowed everybody on the field after the game. So yeah. So, we got to interact with, with the players from Army and just, yeah, just very different from interacting with others. It's incredible. Yeah. You know, from all over the country. And, yeah. yeah it was, but I could see where... 
you know, it's, it is definitely not for everybody. Yeah. yeah. So, um, are there some time, uh, moments from your time at SMU that stand out to you? I mean, it, it doesn't have to be on the field, but, uh, um, is there anything that just really significant moments of your time? Yeah. You know, one, one moment in particular, it would have been my red shirt freshman season. Um, and it was my, so my second year on campus. Um, and I remember I was feeling, I was still, you know, I was a walk on and my job was a scout team guy. Mm. And, um, that was obviously very humbling. Um, but I understood it was something that I had to go through. And so, um, I remember I was feeling just super overwhelmed and uh, discouraged because, you know, I came to SMU to play at the right. end of the day. I mean, I walked on, but I came here to play. I play football. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to play football. And so I, I was just feeling like I didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel, like I wasn't going to get an opportunity to play. And I remember uh, this was on a Wednesday. I called my mom after practice, and I told her I was like just letting her know how discouraged I was, mm-hmm. that I was just a – I was just a body and a jersey number for scout team that I was never going to play and all this stuff. And she was just being kind and gracious and hearing me out, you know. And then at the end, she was like, you know, if if, if you want to give it up, if that's what you want to do, like, you know, Dad and I will support you. Like, always been extremely supportive of me. Um, and she's like, but before you do, I want you to pray on it. Mm. I want you to go home and uh, pray on it, and, and you let me know tomorrow if this is the right decision. So I... I said, okay, I hung up the phone, I went home, um, and before I went to sleep, I prayed on it, and I woke up on Thursday fully ready to give it up, and I, wa- I went through practice, and I came back in, and they post the travel list, you know, only about, there's 120 guys on the team, but only 65 of them travel and oh, dress, okay. dress for the games, and up until that point, I had never traveled, and... Um, so I, I came in off the field, off practice, and went to the travel list, and my name was on there. Oh, wow. And I wasn't on, like, any units or wasn't on, you know, the first or second string, which is normally who travels, you know. And it was just, like, it was just a sign that wow. that the Lord didn't want me to give it up, that he wasn't finished with me at SMU. Um, and so that was that was a powerful moment for sure. Yeah. Um, so well, That's definitely a... An answer to prayer. Yeah, I mean, it was a huge answer to prayer. A lot of times I mean, we, at least I do, I need those signs. Yeah. I mean, now I know God doesn't speak audibly, but I need Him to show me something. So that's that's definitely good. Yeah. So that was a uh, that was awesome for me. I, I ended up traveling the rest of the season, um, and then got my first playing time at the end of that season in the Hawaii Bowl against uh, Fresno State, where when Derek Carr was the quarterback. So my my first play was lined up against. Derek Carr in the in the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve. So that oh, was wow. that was pretty humbling. That, yeah, is, that, that was is cool. That was the validation I needed that I that I uh, that I was there to to stay all the way yeah, through. Absolutely. And so your your last year um, or prior to your final season, you went through a coaching staff change. So um, you go from being discouraged to getting playing time, and then going into senior year, there's a big change. Yeah. So t- talk about that, and yeah, and how do you deal with something like that? Yeah, absolutely. So backing up, my my redshirt freshman year was when I started to travel, mm-hmm. um, got my first playing time, and then redshirt sophomore year was the first year where I played in every game and was getting significant playing time. Um, ended up getting put on scholarship after my sophomore season, which was a a tremendous blessing. Um, 
junior year was a struggle because our coach resigned after uh, two games into the season, and so we had an interim head coach. And we ended up, you know, long story short, went one and eleven. And um, heading into my senior year, we got a new coaching staff with Coach Morris, um, who came in from Clemson. And Coach Morris, Coach Morris was an incredible coach, an incredible man of God. You know. Um, did remarkable things for the program, but he was coming in to build a program uh, from from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes it's it's tough to do that with a senior class that you only have for one year. Right. And so, um, yeah, that was that was tough uh, from my standpoint, wanting to contribute maybe a little bit more on the field than um, than I than I probably did my senior year. Um, but like I said, he did incredible things for the program, and so I was just very grateful that I had the opportunity to play for him. So, yeah. so what would you say um, maybe the greatest accomplishment or memory in all of your playing career? It doesn't have to be SMU, okay. high school, but, yeah. you know, is there something that stands out? Yeah, at SMU, it, it probably would have been uh, after my redshirt sophomore season, they gave out um, player of the year. They gave out an offensive, defensive, and special teams, and I won the special teams MVP, which was – very very humbling you know and um like i said went on to get put on scholarship after that season so that was a a highlight for sure um and then i spoke a little bit about the hawaii bowl getting my first playing time and the significance of that um and then my senior year i was a special team tackle leader so that was kind of cool yeah Yeah. um but then other kind of off the field was just the the brotherhood and the friends that you make, you know, it's, it's all about the relationships that you develop. And some of my best friends are from my time playing at SMU. So that's uh, awesome. Yeah. Now let's shift kind of the other side of the coin there, maybe a biggest disappointment or a challenge that you've had to overcome. Yeah. That one might be uh, an easier question to answer because we struggled, you know, sports is one of the few things that is like a, clearly defined you're judged by the score there's a winner and a a loser at the end of every game and whether you know you're going to get learned lessons even if you lose um but we were losing a lot on the field Mm. and when you spend so much time doing something like we did with football I mean we were spending upwards of 30 hours a week um that's a lot. It, it, that's a lot in addition to class. And, and it, you're not seeing the results on the field. You start to get very discouraged. Um, and I, I know personally I was guilty of, of sometimes rooting my identity in football because it was something I spent so much time doing. And I wanted to see the, the success from that and mm-hmm. from the hard work. Um, but it wasn't showing up on Saturdays. And so we went, one, like I said, 1-11 and 11 my my junior season and then two and ten my senior season so we we won Oof. yeah we we struggled on the field and um so that but at the same time that was very humbling and it, it was also one of the, the the best things that happened to me because um you know it taught me to to put my identity in nothing other than christ because that's the only thing that's not going to let me down you know he's he'll never fail me the way football always seemed to you know that's right yeah. so yeah. you got a point i mean i've talked to a number of people just just strictly, if I'm looking at just podcast guests, um, and I was talking to a young a young man, David Fraga, that played uh, soccer at DBU, and that's the he said the same thing about identity and how much of it is for student athletes that it's such a struggle, yeah, because of the time that you pour into that sport, whether it's I mean, his was soccer, yeah, and then you know he talked about guys that 
you know, their identity becomes in sports and you don't see that success, then they start looking at other things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it leads to lots of bad choices. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, can you talk about your life after football in SMU? What are you doing currently? Absolutely, yeah. So I work in the, uh, the finance field now. Uh, I'm a senior financial analyst for a healthcare evaluation and transaction advisory firm. Um, so we do valuations of healthcare entities for contemplated transactions. Um, and then outside of that, I, you know, I, I love to work out. Um, I'm uh, getting married in July, so I'm spending a lot of time pl- doing some wedding planning with my fiance. That can become a full time. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, this season of life feels busier than ever, I <laughs> yeah. think. Um, but yeah, yeah. Good deal. So I mentioned in our intro um, our mission statement. I'll say it again and kind of lead into this next discussion, um, kind of shift a little bit to more culture and, and faith. Um, our mission statements all in sports outreach exists to share the hope and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we added to promote unity and racial reconciliation because. It's no secret that culture is divided, and one thing that is worldwide is that sports has a unique ability to just bring people together. Yeah, you know, talk to a number of guests about that. Whether uh, coaches, athletes that you know, using football, that on Friday night, even in the stands, people just kind of put that racial and social economic status aside, and for two and a half, three hours, everybody's together. Absolutely. So with that, I mean, do you have any, I mean, I, I know you agree with that, but, as, you know, in your playing career, how, how did you see that play out as being a part of a team that's diverse yeah. in culture and religion and socioeconomic status and all that stuff and yeah. race? And how do you see it come together? Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a great question, and I, I love that mission statement because, there's there's few things as unifying as sports right you know because it it doesn't matter where you came from or what your background is all that matters is what can you do to help contribute for the good of the team um and so i would i was always raised to never see color you know Mm -hmm. and so you know some of my my best friends are african-americans and i and i don't think of them as african-americans i just think of them as good people that are my closest friends Mm -hmm. and so this wasn't something i necessarily felt like I struggled with, you know, but like you said, you're in a, in a locker room with people from all sorts of diverse backgrounds and you listen to some of the stories that they share and you're like, you know, wow, this is a lot more prevalent than Mm. maybe you think, you know, just because you're not that way doesn't mean that that's not something they struggle with. Exactly. Um, and so that was, you know, like I said, it was eye opening for me to listen to some of your closest friends talk about things that they've struggled with. And it's hard for you to wrap your head around that. Um, but we come to SMU and, um, we're just a group of guys that are trying to, to win on the field. And so we put aside all our, our backgrounds and, uh, it's all about what can you do from here on out. So like you said, it's sports is just an incredible vessel to that for, like you said, on Saturdays, a, a few hours or whatever, everyone's able to put everything aside and it unifies people. Um, which is huge, especially given the the, the 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 divisive nature of our country today. Oh yeah, you know? it, it so. just kind of feels like that. If you take that example, it does kind of give us a beautiful picture of the way we should operate outside of sports, right? Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. So 
Now I'm going to ask you to offer some advice. A lot of our listeners are student athletes and coaches. Um, it's no secret that it's not an easy time to live out your faith, especially in the school system. Mm-hmm. It'll be bold. So what yeah. would you say to an athlete or a coach that, you know, they're a believer, they're walking with Christ, and they and they want to use their platform yeah. for Christ? Yeah. Because athletics, right or wrong, is a platform. Yep. It can be used for, for good and bad. Absolutely. So, so what yeah. advice would you offer them? The the first thing I would say is, is to never have your identity rooted in your sport. Um, and I mentioned that earlier. But yeah. Um, it's just, your sport will let you down time and time again, and the relationships will let you down time and time again. The one thing that will not let you down is your um, relationship with Christ. Um, as far as being bold, you know, I would say uh, one of my favorite verses is Second Timothy one seven, um, where it says, you know, God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Um, and then what? What's important is verse eight after that, which where it talks about um, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord and join with me in the suffering for the gospel um, according to the power of God. So, I mean, it being bold doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Right. It means that it's going to be worth it. And it means that uh, everything in this world pales in comparison to eternal life with Jesus Christ. So um, I would just tell him to to remember that fact that um, anything you're going through right now pales in comparison to, to heaven and eternal life. That's good. So you did mention that scripture, but uh, William was going to ask you another question related to scripture. Okay. Um, would you share a favorite scripture or maybe one that God has used uh, your life recently? Absolutely. Great question. Uh, so growing up, it was always Colossians three two three, which says, you know, whatever you do, do it with all your heart, as if working for the Lord, not for man. Um, and so, for me, that meant like we used it in sports a lot. That like you're playing sports for the glory of God, and you're using um, you're using it as a platform to glorify Him. Um, and then you know, during my time at SMU, it was always Galatians six nine, which is. Uh, you know, do not grow grow weary in doing good for the, for at a proper time you will reap the harvest if you do not give up. And so I constantly was reminding myself of that when I was struggling. It's just, you know, the Lord sees your hard work. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And eventually it will work out how it's supposed to, you know. And then one of my favorite ones of all time is um, Galatians 6.14 that says, you know, but may it be that I would never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's good. So... That's something I always try to remember. My remember is just there's nothing that you can, no works you can boast about, um, because the gospel isn't based off of your works. It's based off of God's grace and mercy. And That's so, good. may it never be that you boast in anything but the cross of Jesus Christ. That's good. You know, it's funny. I was looking at I don't even know whose it was, but it was something on on Twitter the other day, and someone's profile popped up a new follower or something and it just said um, all it said in their bio was not a religion the power of the cross absolutely I, thought, wow, I love that if I would just if I could truly keep focused on that yeah you know that, that's good that's yeah. a good reminder so the last thing I want to ask you um, is about the first two words of our organization all in and you know it's sports it's, it's everywhere it's kind of this rally cry Clemson's got on their Chin straps. Yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's all over sports, and we we actually took that from the theme of a camp we did actually did down at Belize, and 
from Colossians three seventeen and twenty three. Okay, okay. You know, paraphrasing, you know, whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so, anytime we do anything, talking to kids, it's all about, you know, it says word or deed. So it's in sports, at home, in school, no matter what you're doing. Yeah. You know, remain. You know, be focused on on that and being all in. So, what does that mean to you? And then um, just close it out with. What does it mean to you in your personal walk to be all in? Yeah, that's a, that's another great question. All in just means, you know, you're you're fully committed to the process mm-hmm. at hand, whatever that may be. You know, if you're going through um, off season conditioning, you're fully committed to that workout at hand, and um, you know, as far as your relationship with Christ, making it a priority and and putting it at the um, the forefront of your life and, and realizing that that's what it's all about. So being all in is just fully committed to the process um, and just giving your all to something. That's good. So. Good deal. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for taking time. I know it's kind of a busy time for, for you, for me to just find time to connect. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate you having me. You bet. Just another incredible story that I was excited to share with you. I hope you got a glimpse of Troy and his passion for Christ, his passion for making Christ known, just how um, allowing God to work through all of the circumstances in his life, the, the high points and, and the low points. I mean, on the verge of quitting college football, just discouraged, and his mom says, just pray, just pray. And, and that God gives him the answer he needs for the first time in his career is going to make the travel squad. Hadn't even been practicing much in those positions, but he's going to make the travel squad. How God just used that. And then he goes on to, to earn a scholarship. But my biggest takeaways from the conversation with Troy, and I've heard this from many different athletes, is just a reminder. And I think it's a reminder for everyone, whether you're in athletics or not, for me in my career, that my identity is not what I do. My identity is who I am in Christ. Because you know what? He said football always failed him, but Jesus never did. My job is going to fail me. Your job is going to fail you, but Jesus never will. So it's all about making sure our identity is in the right place. And I love his definition for for being all in. just fully committed to a process, whether it's your career, whether it's in sports, but most importantly, your walk with Christ is fully committed to that and what that means. It's got to be a priority. And the last thing, um, and his encouragement to especially coaches and student athletes, but I think it's for you and for me, for everybody listening, is that, you know what? We're bold for Christ. It's not going to be easy, but it's worth it because our focus is on eternity, not here on earth. Again, being bold is not always easy, but it's worth it. We got to count the cost and it is worth it because our eternity rests with Jesus. So I hope you were as encouraged as I was when you listened to this. Um, Troy's just incredible story of um, lots of ups and downs, but always focusing on, on, on Jesus. So I, I would encourage you to share this episode with somebody, a family member, a friend. Share it with a lot of people, because I think there's a lot of people out there that can be encouraged by, by Troy's story. And I appreciate Troy, again, um, being transparent and being available. 
to put his story out there, to be told, to, to encourage someone, to shine a light on Jesus. I can tell you, Troy didn't do this to make Troy famous. He did it to point somebody to Jesus. So share this episode with family and friends. And the last thing is, you know, we always say we love to hear from you. Go to our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Find out who we are, what we do, and why we do it. Because the why is the most important. That's to point people to Jesus. If we don't do that, then what we do doesn't matter. Go to our Facebook page. Just type in All In Sports Outreach. Find out a lot of upcoming events, opportunities to pray for us, to serve with us and to give. And the last thing is please, if you were encouraged by this episode, go leave us a review on iTunes. The more reviews we get, the greater the platform to continue shining the light, pointing people to Jesus through media. Thank you for faithfully listening. listening. Thank you for sharing this with family and friends. And until next time.